0: Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Lord Beards. We have a super-duper-duper-duper-duper duper, duper, duper special uh, episode this week because we've got the one and only David Geiber uh, here with us, a uh, Black Library author uh, and prolific writer. A lot of amazing stuff. I've got a ton of his books over here on my shelf. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us this morning.
1: Thank you. Nice to be invited. It's always nice to uh, talk to people because until someone like you comes along and <laughs> asks me to come and talk about my books, you know, I wouldn't know if anyone was reading them. <laughs> just sat here, sat here in my little home office.
0: Oh man. Well, hopefully...
1: halfway, just talking, talking oh. to my editor, making fan fiction.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I, I appreciate your fan fiction quite a bit. Um, so, um, so many different places to kind of start, but uh, I think, um, uh, just to kind of get us kicked off um so you've written a quite quite a few different things and been like involved very heavily with like warhammer fantasy and going into Age of sigmar and all this kind of stuff um probably my it's it's hard to even like pick a favorite <laughs> for the stuff you've written because you've written so many awesome things um but like something i've been uh working with um quite a bit is like your uh quick Taker novel Um, and, uh, it's such a awesome delve into like Skaven culture, Skaven, uh, ideology and like really approaching Queek who's such an insane, bizarre character in a lot of ways. Um, what was kind of the, uh, the method behind the madness, so to speak of like coming to approach a character like Queek who even for Skaven standards is like, (laughs) he's kind of a lot.
1: Well, uh, so Headtaker was obviously my first for Black Library and my first published novel at all, so I probably did a lot without even thinking about it that I might not even attempt now, just because just I didn't know what I was <laughs> doing. I, was, I thought, that sounds fun, let's do that and throw that in there, And whereas if I was now, I'd probably be planning a novel, I'd go, no, that's far too much, I can't put all that into one book. Um... But, uh, so where I was coming from, so Scaven was what I knew, that's what I'd always played. Um, as a kid, I, I started playing Warhammer when I was 13, and I started with Skaven, then I never played anything else. I,
0: <laughs>
1: I, right to the end, I, I'd occasionally try something, you know, I'd stop playing for a year or two, and then I'd come back, let's do something else, let's be Empire, so can I can have horses? And no, I'll be back to my, back to my mm. Skaven again. Um, it's like, oh, I'll, so, just, so, I'll so
0: just start a new scathing campaign for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> just keep going back there
1: and I, I'm trying to remember now if he would if he had appeared in anything at all so um, I'd read uh, C.L. Werner's thankwell novels and they were kind of a big inspiration with what I wanted to write and kind of the themes so Doom mm. of well in particular I'd read it's a long time ago now so I'm understandably a little fuzzy on the specifics but i remember there was a character who
0: yeah quick quick does show up in doom of thankful briefly yeah he might have done yeah he's it's, it's a brief appearance but he does show up and uh cause the whole like accidentally summoning of Scarbrand incident that every is like one of my favorite thankful moments probably so, so
1: that was probably where the basic idea of his madness came from. Because I don't think it really crops up in his, you know, his, his little entry in the, in the Warhammer Armies book. Um, and I guess it's then just, you know, riffing off that, playing off that. I, I remember kind of imagining him as a... You know those Chuck Norris jokes of, you know, yeah. you don't find Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris finds you, and, and all these things about, there's this, and then... But there's then there's this chuck norris doing this and that was how i imagined Queek. he was this and then there's chuck norris doing this that's Queek, and uh with a little bit of drusilla from buffy the vampire slayer thrown in for the mad side and and that that, that fusion those two things was my creek head taker
0: that's so that's so fa- I, it's it's shocking that that's like uh you're you're kind of first foray considering like a how wonderful of a book it is uh and b like it's it's had such a hilarious impact on a lot of fandom for the character like Queek is a probably this in, in my experience kind of with a lot of the fan community probably like the second most beloved right behind thank uh as far as people who just adore uh, the Skaven, and the book does such a good job of really expanding on a lot mm. of aspects of the Skaven culture, just beyond Queek himself. Uh, though Queek is such a hysterical character, because he just doesn't... <laughs> it's so funny watching the Skaven trying to have all these rules about how their culture works, how you know their their society works, and Queek's just this wrench, just thrown mm. into things, uh, which is such a brilliant execution of the character.
1: Yeah. So something. I I guess I, did, I do it with a few characters in that book. So trying to show Skaven culture and Skaven psychology through characters who are a bit different, like Queek, or characters who exemplify it to such extremists that they're different in their own right. So, um, like his bodyguard, Scar, he's so scared of Queek that he actually becomes brave. Yeah. But because, because he
0: loyal, loyal scar
1: <laughs> yeah because <laughs> he doesn't want to disappoint quick because he's he's more scared of quick than of anything else and uh and the gray seer who's just a ridiculous coward despite how powerful he is he's outrageously cowardly he's it wasn't even in the plan it just sort of became a bit of a joke he was absent from the first fight because he's so scared and then he he just then had to be absent from all the other ones as well because it became it became his thing.
0: Yeah, well, I, I I it was so funny reading through that book and realizing when you get to the end that the Gracier technically survives uh, all the just horrible stuff he goes through, uh, only to go get knocked down the stairs by uh, <laughs> by the Council of Thirteen uh, in the end, which is such a hilarious ending for the character. That he just tries to like go complain to the manager and it just doesn't work out for him.
1: <laughs> he he actually he actually appears again in my blood bowl uh, short story.
0: Does he really? Oh my god, I did if, not know that. That's read, amazing.
1: I don't know if you read that, but if you haven't, you should go and read it because I'm sure you'll appreciate that. Uh,
0: ah, yeah, that is huge on my to do list. So, um, going, uh, kind of from, uh, so I, okay, I do have to ask as far as like just kind of some fun. of fun questions about your personal thoughts on it so quick with being with uh clan moors do you have a particular favorite skaven clan like did were you just kind of tapped to write quick and had a really good time with it or is there any particular clan you found yourself drawn to as far as like you really liked uh using them or just like their lore and themes and stuff like that
1: i I was asked to write quick um i had the quick model but i've actually um so if he's, no, he's probably not around on my desk. I don't. I, I'd, <laughs> oh, converted right. him into, I'd converted him into my own, own warlord, and well, I say I convert. I got my mate who was really good at yeah, uh, that I, sort of thing. I liked. It, I liked yeah, he like the... knocked an arm off and stuck a. This, they were metal, yeah, you know, lead in those days, course. Mm. And it uh, did. He pinned a demonette claw under one arm, and oh, that's he cool. was my like. <laughs> my, my, my mutated uh, warlord. he's um, was my favourite character just from reading the background. I always liked his background, um, but they weren't so. Army lists didn't like restrict you to the clans in those days when I was playing. So I mean, I, I play a bit now, but not as much. Mm. I, I tend to play the more skirmishy games now, like um, Shade Spire and Warcry, and all that sort of stuff.
0: Okay, I gotcha. Because ice time, and
1: <laughs> mostly. Um, but no, I didn't really have a preferred clan. I guess I would say Skyer. I mean, I, I did like the Doomwheels and the weapon teams and Globedeers. So without, probably without really thinking about it, uh, I was tending towards
0: Skyah. Awesome. Excellent. So uh, after uh, kind of working with a lot of uh skating stuff, writing uh, that novel you also did you also did a ton of stuff with dwarves and are continuing uh to do stuff a lot a lot with dwarden uh kind of in the modern day but uh kind of reach you back uh, you wrote for gotrek and felix for a little while and of course you've become very important to the gotrek saga uh kind of since then do, do you have any kind of like particular memories or thoughts about when you first started with gotrek and felix and the stories you wanted to kind of tell for the dynamic duo within the Warhammer Fantasy Verse.
1: I guess I'll first start off, saying I, I never really thought much about dwarfs before doing Headtaker, but of course, they were like a third or a half of of the book, and I, I got to know them and and loved them even yeah. uh, through that.
0: Yeah, that point we fall cool. in love with Casador uh, Dragon Slayer. Like, it's like mm. this is a the the dwarf king like. Ah, oh, it was great. I love his character's depiction.
1: So if, if I were to get an Old World army now, whenever Old World comes out, I, I probably would be dwarfs because, yeah, yeah. You did, full did,
0: convert! I, <laughs> I did fall
1: hard for the writing, uh, hairtaker Uh, but the Gotrek. uh, so I first started writing, I got in with Black Library through an open submission window in 2011. And that was for a short story about Skaven, because, of course, Skaven's what I know. And um, and it was accepted, and they said, oh, could you rework this into a Godric and Felix story for an anthology? I said, okay. And I did. And then I think this was even before writing Headtaker, I wrote the, aud- the audio Curse of the Everliving for Godric and Felix.
0: Mm.
1: And then there was head taker because i remember going to a black library live event when i had like absolutely nothing uh, i just had this short story in this audio audio cd um and then i can't remember if it was thorgrim or C- it was city of the damn next city of the damn for trick and felix and then thorgrim and then i think that was my dwarf credentials cemented then
0: yeah and uh just like Awesome, 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 awesome stuff. Of course, you also got tapped to, to write the ending uh, for the, the Go Trek and Felix saga. Was that, was that like kind of a... I, I imagine that was a little intimidating uh, when they kind of were like, hey, so we're finally bringing this to a close and you're going to cap it off.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, obviously, I remember when I was, to- I was told that I was at an event in scarborough with uh in the uk with with Laurie golding the editor at the time who since moved on and i do remember it was like a what you want me to finish they like yes yes and no no because <laughs> the obviously you do oh, not no, want to mess full that life.
0: up don't do this
1: <laughs> you don't want to mess that up and this was even in the days of you know social media in its infancy not worried so much about people people attacking you on Twitter or whatever. Um but yeah, here's it.
0: Well I mean, I, I, I know I can uh I can only speak for myself, but I, I have to say I think you did a beautiful job of of finishing off the, the Go Trek and Felix series. Like, you know, the end times has a lot of criticisms and there was there was a lot of mess, but um the Go Trek and Felix aspect I felt was Absolutely phenomenal. I remember that uh I'll never forget reading through uh Kinslayer and Slayer um uh, for the first time and like Kinslayer especially is just like oh my heart <laughs> It's not often a book makes me cry, but that book made me cry. It was it was wonderful. Uh in a painful Ken way.
1: Kinslayer was, was my favorite of the two. Most most people I think Slayer's one of my top rated books on like Goodreads or Amazon. Hmm. Um, but it seems to be a thing for me that that my favourites tend not to be always other people's favourites. I liked Kinslayer partly because it's a bit quieter I think there's a bit less action to it than Slayer and although I write a lot of action I do tend to prefer scenes where there's just chats (laughs) I liked sort of the more characterful moments we had and I thought it. and I liked the it was almost like a little farewell tour of the, the provinces when Felix heads from outdoor from no. up to Kislev. Because <laughs> I... Actually, I didn't know then what... Well, I knew it was called The End Times, but I didn't know that it was all going to end by then. It was only, oh, okay. I think, as I was partway into Slayer that I knew that it was actually going to go boom and there's no more Old World. <laughs> but it, I guess it sort of took on a bit of a resonance for me after... So did,
0: did they have kind of like a general set of bullet points for you when when they, you initially took on the project were they like you need to do x y z or was it kind of like just kind of find a way to tell the story in your own way to bring it bring it to a close
1: How no spoilery are we? <laughs> and, and...
0: you can go as all the spoilers uh, cuz if in my experience it's it's not going <laughs> to it's not going to still not going to prepare them for a lot of the reveals and how you get to the reveals in those books.
1: Well it, I'll try not to go too spoilery all the same while I'm going slightly spoilery. So for Kinslayer at least I was giving given a title. So I was I was basically so this was the the tough job I was given. <laughs> but we want this character's gonna die, and we want Gotrak to, to kill him. Off you go.
0: Oh <laughs> <my> <laughs> God, it really? To- That's it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, I had to come up with a with a, re- a plausible reason for this guy to kill this guy, and uh, but the, the ge- genius of of Bill King, I found. I, I basically went back and reread all the books because I had to find it. And so, I hadn't really. This is something perhaps that you don't realise reading until you go back and like properly read them. That Bill King doesn't really tell you much about the background of the characters but he tells you just enough to make you think that he's told you a lot about the background mm. of the characters. So so these little snippets that S- Snorri is thinking I think it's in Dragon Slayer about his past. They're not giving you much but they give you just enough for me to then say oh this is why then this happens. Yeah. And although it seems ridiculous Someone who's read dragons Slayer will probably remember. If they won't remember, they'll go back and go, "Oh yeah, it all makes sense." It's as if there was a plan, and it's because basically Bill King's told you so little that almost anything can
0: yeah can it, happen. It 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 felt like such a like I'm I'm it's and so impressive and shocking to me that they they were just kind of like yeah, just kind of figure out why you would do that because uh, it felt like such a natural like someone had always been holding on to that idea. Of like mm. this is the truth behind what happened with Snorri and Gotrek, uh, in the past. Um, it was like, yeah, that makes total sense. Of course, that would be why you know they took the Slayer oath and stuff like that. Which I imagine, I mean, I can't imagine something more daunting than being like, yeah, here's a beloved like thirty year old series, and you you there's these secrets people have been pondering about for thirty years, and time for an answer. <laughs> Good luck.
1: In terms of end time events, though. Um, so obviously it was a bit end times adjacent it was just end time stuff going on around mm. so although I hadn't read uh, everyone else's books I had been at the meetings where we discussed what was going to happen There were meetings they were like Horace Heresy style uh, all getting together at Nottingham to talk about what was going to happen and um, so I, yeah I tried to include them like there was the big wall when they get to Ostermark that they have to get over and and then in Slayer, I knew that certain things would have happened. Obviously Altdorf has fallen by that point. And in terms of the ending I think I think that that was all me. Obviously Obviously we had to had to be something satisfying for the Slayer's doom. Mm. And again I I think it. It's hard now, looking back over ever so long, but I I get.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's I, been a I believe that,
1: like that. His his sort of his meeting with with Grimnir and 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 then how he passes at the end. I'm pretty certain it was all mine, and I'm pretty certain that it was it was me as well to have his doom be what it was. It worked out conveniently.
0: Oh, further oh, down the road, yeah. I was about to ask, that, did, did you like have any idea that you'd be bringing him back later in AOS, or did you just was that just a really happy accident?
1: No, so that, the the plan at the time, at least the plan, as it was given to me, was that this was the end. It was it was Finn, big line, end of end of wow, contract. And I is... don't know why we chose to bring him back. I've, I mean, it was successful. I mean realm slayer is definitely my most successful thing how much mm-hmm. of that is down to me and how much is down to brian blessed
0: <laughs> you
1: know, on, the, on the front i don't know but
0: well, well yeah I mean, it's we'll, a we'll good around. sound
1: business decision for them, we'll, so we'll them more
0: to some of those aos goodies in a minute but i mean that's that's incredible i mean uh, just i mean just thinking uh, i know in the total war community especially kenslayer has had such an impact because the depiction of throg was incredible um, Throg like that cemented for so many people. Throg as a character and what he's like, as far as like how he should talk, how he thinks, what his mission is, like what his objectives are. And, I mean, we see that reflected in the uh, the role playing game when they released Sea of Claws. I think last year, the, the Throg they went with is the Kinslayer Throg, um, who's such a. It's it's I, just. I did. I, you, I, I did go on.
1: on um, I did go on Total War. As, as throg to, to see if i could see my throg in there oh me. my god i i, I didn't get along through it um i i did i did start as quick and it was really nice that they'd put that, that clearly whoever had done it had read head because um in the bio there was stuff that happens in mm. that they put that one of the heads was was sleek sharp wit. so they'd, they'd obviously yeah, uh, done that anyway.
0: yeah to say that the community has been boiling ever since norska came out to to have them redo throgs dial uh voice lines is a understatement because <laughs> like he's supposed to be so eloquent and like he's supposed to be genuinely intelligent not just smart for a troll uh not a huge fan of the direction they went with um in his imagine uh, although
1: he's smart i suppose he's got you know maybe 12 i want to say trog off there troll <laughs> Oh yeah, like oh, mouth shape and vocal cords. I suppose the, he might sound, um, the
0: way he sounds is fine. It's just like the fact that he—I don't know—he comes off a little more of brutish than I think he should, as far as like his word choice. Go. Um, I, I do very much hope uh, we're do at some point in the the future for a Norska rework, and it, it'd be it'd be nice to see them take kind of another whack at uh, his interpretation to make him more consistent with, um, like his. His understandings as far as like you know, how we see him in the cubicle seven um, and stuff like that forgot about the Trogoth part <laughs> the frog <laughs> troll part. And that, yeah that was
1: I, I do remember that, I think that was um, at Behal's request as well to sort of bring him back to his roots by fighting a troll I, also all the Kislev stuff uh, may be another reason why I'm quite fond of it but. I think I just read, uh, you know, Dan's Riders of the Dead and Graham's Ambassador series, which both tie quite into each other. Mm. And to take a few bits from that, the odd character and the, the dragon ogre at the end, who's straight from straight from the Ambassador books, was, yeah, that's a nice touch. Nice.
0: Yeah, well, uh, um, very... This, I those are some exciting fights and like it 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 really was such a great way to send off and doing bellacore at the end also so many great callbacks like um slayer does such a good job of when you get to the end and you realize that multiple of the demon baddies are coming back from the old books and it's like oh man oh man this is getting this is getting spicy
1: it was really nice when i when i was doing the rereading and sit, that that bit where Malachi, that he wanted a different name for the ship, but he wasn't allowed it, and now it's his, and he can name it whatever he wants. You know, that's just the sort of thing that can come out with a reread, and that people who are really familiar with the series will, you know, appreciate having.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and uh, I, I think that was the part that impressed me so much is you can you can tell reading Kinslayer and Slayer that there's so much love for all the past Go Trek and Felix books. And there's a lot of like fulfillment of prophecies or fulfillment of, or payoffs um to ver many different Chekhov's guns that have been lying around for a long time. Um and virtually all of them get fired, which is insanely impressive, because that was a tall order uh, for anybody. Um
1: there's a few that weren't. A, at least at least one I remember that I wish I could have got in somewhere. In the Nathan Long books, there was all that stuff about Is it Otto was like smuggling forbidden law or something? He was involved Mm -hmm. in some kind of magic book smuggling ring, something like that. Which, in the events of the end times, wasn't quite able to get onto. There's the only one. The only one I think that was left. The only rifle that was left that that I can think of, at least that I noticed.
0: I mean the, I even like I remember being impressed that you even pulled out like the the kind of like the very vague uh prophecy that the keeper of secrets gives at the end of Elf Slayer and then the keeper of secrets shows up in this book and you're like, Oh dang <laughs> it's it's here to I can't remember oh, <laughs> it. It's here to slap people around, but um but the the bloodthirster yeah. reappearing I think was the I I loved yeah. that. I love that. He had to come back. That was great for rematch though Gotrek was uh considerably stronger than he was back in the old days <laughs> he was able to throw down quite a bit more effectively
1: yeah it, it's so my joke about, like he's super saiyan goku
0: yeah
1: in there uh, <laughs> at least in the in the aos with his with his rune
0: yeah that's what so, he does um so i guess I guess kind of the last thing uh, I'd like to kind of pick your brain about fantasy wise before delving into some AOS stuff, just because your AOS stuff I think is so um, fantastic. And I really would love to talk about it a little bit. So Thorgrim, um, such a great little novella. Um, I, I, you know, it kind of released alongside with, I believe memory serves the eighth edition dwarf book kind of came out alongside it. Um, And it, it, there's a lot packed into that little book. (laughs) Uh, as far as, like, we finally get Thorgrim Grudgebearer, like, uh, and Bellagar Ironhammer uh, depicted in a story. And Gorfang Rockgut like, that whole saga with him, such a badass way to end that character. Um, like, I, I, I'll I never forget kind of sitting there and it's like, David Geimer, when it comes to, like, the Karak Eight Peaks matchup, so, like, Greenskin, Skaven, and Dwarfs, he just, he just knows what he's doing. He just knows what he's doing with these races, which is so impressive.
1: So, I did. I, I saw it as a kind of a semi sequel to Headtaker. So, although Sort of Queek's not in it, and no, no he's giving in it, really. Sort of with the. Uh, at least with the gofang Rock character, it is taking place after. So, he's kind of been booted out of. Of Garakaping. So, I really would have liked. So originally it was going to be a novel. It was, that was the original plan, but I didn't have the time to do it. So we decided to make it a novella instead. Um, would have been nice perhaps to have had yeah, it. I would have sold <laughs> oh, my soul sorry. for
0: a full novel version of that, but <laughs> I, mean, I am happy with what we got though, but I would have, <laughs> man, I would have sold my soul.
1: I'm <laughs> still quite fond of it. I, I, I like the green skin. Side. I think that was probably my favorite part. The, uh, the rock and, the uh, there's
0: someone else was there a goblin in there Uh Another yeah, wolf. Rotgut Rotgut's lieutenant who is a hilarious character um, the one with the gimp knee because uh, he gets he gets run over by Gorfang at the beginning of the book um, uh, Scarsnick, Scarsnick, Scar, uh, oh. and um, his uh, his shaman uh, his shaman oh, is an yes, important uh, character in the book yeah. Oscar?
1: Uh, I, yeah I, but yeah he's in it as well. yeah, he's kind of like,
0: I can't remember his he's, shaman's he's, name all of a sudden that. he's such an important character and I'm blanking on his name um yeah someone great. someone in the chat will remember for me um yeah, he's a Green gandalf anyway. he... yeah yeah he's literally he's literally duff skull thank you chat yeah duff skull yeah he's literally goblin gandalf <laughs> and,
1: uh, yeah. yeah there, was the, there guess... was the
0: orc shaman as well yeah i i actually thought thor, uh thor i don't know if they had told you to do this but Thorgrim felt like it set up a lot of the end time stuff very very well um, as far as the can-
1: first time that I knew the end times was going to be a thing that was happening mm. so, but- I, so when when Dutch girl comes in and says the end times is happening in it to whoever it was yeah that was that was me knowing for the first time that that yeah there was going to be this series of Books and it was going to be the
0: invasion yeah it kind of it, it set up oh, yeah it, it kind of set up that idea of there being a chosen of mork and a chosen of gork with the uh, scarsnick being the morky one and the i think duskull was out there trying to find his orc counterpart <laughs> and hoping that's what gorfang was going to be but then gorfang was like nah. <laughs> nah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go fight which was really
1: nice that that guy haley so we talked when he was writing uh Rise of the Old Rat so that he could take on a lot of the characters that were in Thorgr- Thorgrim appeared in that, like Belagar and Kermair and the the Reckoner, Thorgrim himself of course, and of course he had all the characters from Headtaker as well, Queek and Scar were in there. Mm. So at first I wasn't sure I wanted to read it to, you know, see what happened, but I thought he did it all really well. It's kind of nice in a way to see someone else, someone else's take on your characters.
0: Yeah, well, and it. I mean, it, that was such like such. I mean, I, I, my heart goes out to anyone that was writing for End Time stuff because they just had like such an impossible amount of stuff trying to squeeze into an itty bitty space. Um, but so
1: happy that survived. <laughs> I like to think he made it through to the age of Sigma somehow, and he's uh, he's got a garden in Iran. <laughs>
0: So, so kind of jumping from the end times into Age of Sigmar, uh, you've done incredible stuff for Age of Sigmar. Like, I will, I don't care how anybody takes it. I will flat out say, as far as I'm concerned, you saved the Dwarden. Like, the Dwarden went from being very bland and really struggling uh, to have an identity to something amazing uh, because a lot of your writings have really kind of helped them evolve. Um, uh, at least in my view, from a lore perspective, uh, like kind of starting with Realm Slayer, but now going into like Gr- the return of uh and all this stuff, um, were you always kind of... Um, w- when you kind of got uh, the opportunity to work on the Dorden, um what was kind of in your head as far as like tying it back to fantasy versus having it be its own standalone thing and balancing that equation? As I
1: always try and think of it as what it is now in terms rather than callbacks to how they were. Although I think the the dispossessed and to an extent the Iron World are to some extent the dwarfs that we're familiar with from from the before times. Whereas Fire Slayers and Karadron, they have similar characteristics. I guess it's like you've it's like a soundboard where you've got some of those characteristics have mm. been pushed up and some have been pulled down. So they're still recognisably dwarfs, but they're extreme in certain ways. Like, I guess, for instance, the and are perhaps even more gold mad, and they're more yeah, they're, into they're their
0: really, written. They're really things. drowning up that Ubergraph on
1: there. <laughs> Was the, the fire slayers again they've got their gold lust turned up and but they're mad that it went wrong.
0: so uh when when kind of looking at realm slayer um realm slayer, i think for me was kind of a big turning point as far as being able to really enjoy a lot of different aspects of age of sigmar lore that i kind of struggled with a little more and like whenever i talk to an old fantasy fan Um, who hasn't gotten into Age of Sigmar because they're struggling with it a little bit or they're just, you know, they still kind of have hurt feelings or however you want to word it. My recommendation is always Realm Slayer to start with because it was so funny to me. It felt like Gotrek was literally an old fantasy player who had gotten thrown into AOS because he has such funny... uh, He's so angry about everything and he has such goofy opinions as far as he still like refers... Oh, go go ahead. It was,
1: quite, it, it was quite deliberate, actually, on, on my part, because I, on, I think AOS must have been what, one or two years old then. It was quite fresh. And, yeah, we were, I think we were. And, yeah. just so I knew, I I knew, knew, knew for well that there were a lot of angry people on on Facebook <laughs> and Twitter. So, so God was basically my distillation of all those people, because he, he he's obviously seeing AOS for the first time, and he's. And he is of He's always been a bit of a. He's stubborn. He doesn't like change because he's a proper dwarf, and mm-hmm. no dwarf likes change. So, you know, he he is all those people who are seeing ice for the first time and going dwarfs running around barefoot and riding lava dragons and <laughs> necromancers <laughs> in towns. And...
0: So I I think his his entrance when he first shows up. The first thing he does is. Punch of Fire Slayer Prince in the face so hard he breaks his face, and you're just like, Oh my god, okay, Gotrek, calm down, <laughs> which is just so great. Um, uh, so uh, it seemed like you had a lot of fun with that series as far as like, uh, so was like, was coming back to Gotrek and really getting to throw him into these bizarre new circumstances, and of course, taking him into a really new power level as well. Like, although it's not official, I constantly refer to Gotrek as the god of fire. Um, because <laughs> it, it really kind of seems like that is, even though he doesn't want it, <laughs> that's kind of his inevitable um, role uh, within the universe. Was there anything kind of in your head as far as where, um, when you were starting off, as far as like, this is the direction I really want to take him in, or this is my hopes for him in the future? Stuff like that.
1: So again, this is something that we had a meeting for, I remember, sort of head down to... GW and talking it was Nick Mann sorry not Nick Mann, George Mann and Nick Kime in there and uh, the audio director and a few of the editors and we sort of talked out loads of ideas of what Gotrek should be and what he's doing now so I think that's when we came up with the idea of so he's not looking for his doom anymore because he had that even though it wasn't quite what he was expecting
0: Mm.
1: so what's he up to now and He's looking for Felix now, at least at that stage. That's what he was up to. And so that was when we had the idea of each chapter of Realm Slayer would be... It's kind of like devoted to a new companion who's... It's almost like he's trialling
0: a companion. (laughs) We're holding so, auditions the, first. <laughs>
1: <For> <laughs> the, new so the first chapter was kind of focused on rodder the fire slayer battlesmith who was who's convinced that he's grimly reincarnated and then the second one it was Jordan, who i was astonished turned out to be this sort of massive <laughs> <hand> <laughs> i would, I would, I would like it was amazingly acted and the artwork in the thing was fantastic as well mm. um but Yeah, suddenly everyone everyone's like making Adasa armies, and
0: yeah, Adasa sort of like made. I that is like my biggest wish for a potential Cities of Sigmar like mini release would be Adasa because that like they, they they have such a cool theme. It's <laughs> such a really cool theme uh, uh, from the first audio drama.
1: Well, you mentioned Cubicle Seven before, and it was nice when they appeared in their Cities of Fire mm. supplement. Had their map with the Dasa on it and a little. Well, I'd I say I'm surprised. I, I actually wrote the uh, I, wrote, I wrote the entry for that, um, so I knew it was going to be there. But it's still nice to see. Uh, and then the third one was Uthan Barrow Walker, the, the necromancer, and and the fourth was Malaneth. there. And I, I guess the one he obviously liked most was Jordan. but. We were trying to sort of subvert what the old fantasy was to what AOS is now with having like the necromancer and the the witch elf and and having him end up with the witch elf to show like, okay, we're in something Mm. new now.
0: Yeah. I mean, Malineth was a fascinating companion too. It was was a very different dynamic where it was almost like this (laughs) love-hate dynamic, Uh, uh, a very, very contentious relationship in some ways.
1: I did want to make it very different from Felix, so it's not like we're just filling the Felix role with someone who's not Felix. So, I think, so yeah, in this instance, she she's not with him because she wants to be, or because he wants her to be, like with Felix, like um, like Godrick was with Felix. She's he would want nothing better, at least at this stage, to to have rid of her, and she would really rather not be there either. But she. <laughs> can't go back home until she gets this rune out of Gotric, and she can't kill Gotrick because he's far too strong. She tries to poison him a few times in one of the short stories I wrote. But by the um, by the sequel to Realm Slayer, Blood of the Old World, she's more kind of trying to maneuver him into, just, you know, elbow him into the way of a...
0: Uh, yeah, at human, le- let's at uh, least be productive. <laughs> Which, gotta say, Blood of the Old World also like fantastic like rumslayer uh rumslayer it, it was interesting rumslayer and blood of the old world were d- definitely feel interconnected um but are very much telling different stories um like blood of the old world felt like such a somber um kind of love letter to a lot of the the old stories and like the whole reappearance of thankul which is hysterical and brilliant but also shows how much scarier he is now as like the the gray lord um uh, you know he's he's almost like a completely different faction in and of himself, um, but uh, the the Seraphon appearing, I loved that. If you can't tell, I'm mean, you know I'm quite the Seraphon fan. Um, so getting getting to have them actually interact with Gotrek was like a dream come true. Uh, I was al- I always felt so teased by like uh, the the Lair of the Serpent Queen um, back in the day, Gotrek and Felix, where it kind of talks about Gotrek encountering the Lizardmen, but we don't actually get to see it. Um, so it was so awesome to get to see how the salon are kind of like, oh, this go guy is uh, he's kind of a interesting dilemma <laughs> for for us to consider. Um, uh, I thought you did such an awesome a job uh handling that. There hadn't been
1: a lot of lizard men in fiction then. I think mean, I just really wanted to include one. Well, so I a... for
0: one really appreciate. Okay, so that. <laughs> I
1: want one <laughs>
0: Getting that, getting that Lizardman representation is great. <laughs> they they have had so much more um, Black Library lore in AOS than they ever did in Fantasy. It's been like night and day. Um, but uh, then kind of beyond that, you also then uh, did Grombrindel. Um, like you did the you did the the White Dwarf series that built up to revealing his resurrection, uh, where you covered a lot of stuff about Grugni, and that was an amazing amazing series uh, which of course has led to the Grumberdale Anthology book, also absolutely amazing book. Um, was was there any kind of like uh, process or, or notable memories you have when kind of being pinged to approach bringing back such a kind of famous character?
1: Yeah, I was, was asked to do it like this. At the time that I was asked I think they initially envisaged something like a a series, more serialized. Mm. That would be sort of six. Was
0: it six? or Was it eight?
1: However many chapters it was across uh, across off I think it was six. Ah, uh, it was six, six chapters, yes. Ago. And I was really finding it difficult to find to think of a way to tell one story that would involve all the factions, which is what they wanted. So then I came back to them. How about the idea of something? thematically linked like they're not they're they're not chronological but there's a joint there's a common theme that will join them together and then conclude in the end one and that is basically this idea that we went with which is that there's some event within each story will focus on one of the factions of fire slayers dispossessed caradron iron world and then we had gothic
0: yeah (laughs) there's
1: a and they're in some situation and Grombrindle the White wolf wanders in as he is reported to do in those old stories to give some advice, save the day, what have you, and then wanders out again. And then the final book brings them all together, which is the story of grungni gathering up the stories that go into the because the story of Grombrindle in AOS is he's reforged, but not in the same way as the Stormcast. He's basically gathered together from all the stories of all the Duardin, and that is what has—that is what has made the new White Dwarf out of. So yeah, so that's the final story tying it all together. And because I guess it wasn't really what they wanted at first, I was quite—I was pleased how well it seemed to go down well the stories were received in particular and there were a few that i was particularly fond of i did like the um old white special in the uh, in the tavern yeah that was it's,
0: an awesome story. a very
1: different kind of story for me it's kind of i think i do tend to write more action stories and i did enjoy writing almost like a family saga inside set entirely inside the walls of this tavern
0: mm. Uh, some and... some really awesome, you know, kind of Joseph Bugman references of appearing in there, mm-hmm. uh, with like all his acts all trustworthy making an appearance and stuff. Uh, and the mm-hmm. I gotta say the conversations you wrote between the various like gods. Uh, each each one kind of featured a different god appearing to speak with Gregny or Um uh, yeah, yeah, that was
1: good. Yeah, I did enjoy having him talk to like, Tyrion in disguise and and uh, have a standoff with Nagash and.
0: Yeah, that oh god, fight that Nagash ish. conversation. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> the guy oh, was...
1: Sigmar Sigmar, yes, he's to Sigmar as well.
0: Yeah, Sigmar, Nagash, <laughs> uh the, the Marathi fight, awesome. Absolutely awesome. Uh uh even has that talk showdown with Zinch also super awesome. Just like, God, those were peak fiction. Peak fiction. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, I forgot the bit where he sees corn. You see, <laughs> yeah, that was a nice thing well, where actually, where he just sees the X going to uh, Smash t- yeah, City. Hi, I am,
0: I am desperately, desperately hoping that maybe in fourth edition, uh, we get we get uh, either a new Dwarden faction or uh, or but something. But I, I am so ready for a Gromradol playable uh, mini. So ready, I'm
1: just already actually, yeah. um. I I could, I could like picture Grummy, you know, a giant dwarven figure stood over his anvil, very dynamic, hammering something out.
0: Yeah, I I I am I am ready for the you know, like the dwarven like they have these two, you know, they've got two realms sort of dedicated to them with fire and metal, but they're the only races that don't have kind of that avatar figure yet. And I am I'm ready. I am ready for the age of the Dwarden. <laughs> bring it bring it on. Um But, uh, yeah, and it's, 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 everything's kind of been lining up so well, uh, alongside, uh, your novels, like kind of looking at the, the broken realms, broken realms really, really tied in well with the, the return of Grugni, um, and going into third edition and stuff. The, the Grombrindle stuff has tied in so nicely with that. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's been just absolutely fantastic. But, um. Uh, is there any uh, is so kind of looking to the future uh, with the old world? Are are there any hopes you have as far as like uh, maybe potential projects and stuff? Would you be interested in kind of returning to the Skaven or dwarfs of the old world and continuing their stories on as we we head back to fantasy here in the the near future?
1: I mean, I guess they've not said anything yet about there being fiction in the old world. I mean, one hopes, I guess, if they're gonna go yeah, back in a big way, there will be. Guess what? We'll yeah, else. It's Similar. obviously, I have to have a whole new set of skaven characters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One, Ekketklor I I, I, might still be
0: alive two or three hundred years ago.
1: The dwarf ones, at least, are probably still there. I, yeah, I would, I I would love before, like, to
0: see you take on. Uh, I think it's High King Alrickson, who was before I Thorgrim. Um, but like Thorgrim's alive. Like he's a prince at the time. So like, I'd love to see what Thorgrim's up to. Um, you know, he's two hundred. It- <laughs> he's 200 years well, younger, still, but yes. you know, I think Thorgrim's like a little over 400 or something in the modern setting, so he's still he's still not you know he's he's not he's not a beardling, but he's still notably younger. <laughs>
1: I wonder if he'll still.
0: I guess we will
1: not we not know yet. because I was just gonna wonder if there'll be a Prince Thorgrim special character.
0: Ah, oh, God, I hope so. Like, they, I know they don't. I know they're going to be telling new stories, but I do hope we get lots of like we. I mean, we know we're getting like Setra back and stuff like that, so i really I really hope they lean into a lot of the characters who are still around. Um but yeah, like the Skaven would be wild because like it there is nobody <laughs> from that we know from the Skaven. I think I, I think, think like um,
1: I guess it's possible that it could claw because he's kind of semi
0: immortal, isn't he? He's got yeah, I think he, depending on how old he is, he could be around. I don't think he's quite started up yet. Because I know if memory serves the Council of Thirteen we have in like the eighth edition setting. Is about to be formed uh, at the end. Yeah, oh man! There's there's your there's your callback. <laughs> where's
1: where's the history of this? Where's the timeline page?
0: I, I could I Lord Scroke <laughs> and Icket Claw are the two maybes. Oh yeah, those two. Those two are old boys. Da, there we go. Timeline so.
1: Uh, it's not on the timeline about what he gets up to. I thought it might be on the timeline, like, mm-hmm. Ikit Claw goes to Lestria.
0: It'd be nice. They... <laughs> they, um... I'm trying I, I know it Claw. I... I know he's really old. I just can't remember when he... When he kind of starts off. But I know he's at least... He's really close to around that ballpark. Got that smell. <laughs> kind of old books now. <laughs> um is there uh, is there any particular characters that kind of come to mind as far as like someone you might uh, like whether in fantasy or age of sigmar is there any kind of character that's kind of high on your wish list as far as a character you'd love to take a crack at one day in a hypothetical scenario where you could pick anybody i've
1: mentioned to people that i would really love to try hiking volturnos if the oh. uh,
0: that would be super interesting. The, yeah, yeah the High King of the Eidneth Deepkin. It's
1: a long time ago that I did, did uh, Catch the Living. but that's when the idea first came to me. I thought it'd be really nice to sort of tackle it, because he's the last of the Sith, so he was around when the race began. He presumably met Techless.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it'd be nice to sort of tell his life story, basically. Rather than set it in the present, set something across the whole span.
0: Ah, yeah, I would read so the hell to
1: that. of the state of the present. That, that was kind of like yeah, that would be like my dream. Anyways,
0: project. <laughs> um, well, I hope one day we get to see it because that would be that would be excellent. Like, uh, Hiking Volturnus mm. is a fantastic character that I would love to know more about because he he does have a very unique perspective, uh, compared to the rest of the Deepkin. Is kind of more of a almost. Not he's not, you know, not necessarily a demigod, Primark, but right. he, he's, he's an he's elevated being.
1: <laughs> he's like the Primarch of the Deepkin.
0: Yeah, that's that that's a fair way to put it. Um In the Old World there. Hard to
1: say because so many of the characters we're familiar with are there.
0: Well let's pretend they were. <laughs> like pre- yeah. just is is there anyone that kinda comes to mind? Yeah. Uh, assuming
1: Claw, I guess, because he was my favourite. Mm. a kid, would be nice to have. play with him.
0: He is a fantastic character. I I love his depiction in Doom of Thankful. Doom of Thankful really had a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of escaping special characters pop up. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, that 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 whole book is so fun, especially focusing on his basically his the first iteration of his nuke, <laughs> uh, which thankfully doesn't go off. But uh, uh, he did he did end up getting some vengeance later in the end times with that. I guess a new Hamilcar. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I, Hamilcar is so great. Um, yeah, which kind of you've you've done uh, quite a few other uh, projects as well in Age As. Um, as far as uh, I want to say, uh, the new the new what the newest book your most recent book was what Cragnos. Yes, which has been very well received. Lots, very very popular book. Um, I've got it over on my shelf. It's on my to-read list. I haven't quite gotten around to it yet, but it, it's coming up soon. Um, I was able to finally get a copy. It was actually not easy to find.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like some of, the, some of the characters I got to sort of build in there and uh, the world-building making sort of yeah, really scary. It's just... I read... I think, it, I think it was a novella by Evan Dickens. It was the first time I can't remember what it's called, I'm afraid. <laughs> Except it was developed by Adam Dickon. It was the first time I'd seen uh, the realm, sort of the character of the realm, really be important to the story and almost be sort of foregrounded really powerfully. And it made an impression on me when I read it. And I thought, oh, yes, that's how, that's how AOS should always be. Because mm. it's not, it's not... Before I read that, I think I was writing my AOS a bit like it's Warhammer Fantasy with some wacky bits thrown in. After that, I guess no, this. Like the realm is it's a thing. It's a it's almost. It's an an animated thing of pure magic. It's
0: right. Mm. It's like it's
1: (laughs) It's, not just it's got some big animals. The landscape is alive. It tries to eat you. So Kragnos has things. It's got these boulders that run uphill chasing other boulders. And and they're fighting over a river. And then the river comes alive and tries to sort of attack everyone. And there's loads of that sort of thing in Kragnos. And that, yeah, so I enjoyed that. That's
0: well, that's, yeah, and that's fantastic. really going to
1: town with, with what A.R.S. can do. Which and is that's what I like.
0: Yeah, which is such a strength of the setting. Like I think I think AOS really is at its best when it fully embraces that it's like it's a crazy magical place, you know. It's not really like there are small, very small little grounded parts, but for the most part it's pretty it's pretty wild. Um well, that is uh super duper awesome. Um as far as um um I don't know if you've got any cuz we're we're kind of coming up on time here. Now, uh, when it was uh, me looking up it here, um, are there any kind of future projects you, you'd like people to kind of be on the lookout for as far as anything that might be coming down uh, the chute in the near future or anything that's released recently uh, that you'd like to have a specific call out for?
1: Unfortunately, I don't think there's anything I've done that I can call out yet.
0: To be announced, TBA. <laughs> keep, yeah, keep an eye out.
1: Let me think if I've got anything. I've got a couple of AOS things written and done, and another one like you know waiting feedback. So I've got probably a few things on the way. It's actually it's ridiculous how hard it is to to remember (laughs) what I've done what hasn't been announced yet. I think that's it. Two or three AOS things. Um. But yeah, the last thing I did was was Angron. I think I think that was the last thing of mine that came out.
0: I've heard good things about that. I, I traditionally don't pick up forty k books, but uh, I I have heard echoes from my forty k counterparts, uh, other content the- creators. Uh, that seems to have seems to be very very uh, as with pretty much everything you've written, <laughs> very well received. You, you I have yet to see you swing and a miss. It has always been uh, such a delight uh, to read your works really and truly. Um, but, uh, with that, I think we're pretty much at the end here. Uh, I don't know if there's anything you kind of, uh, have any closing thoughts for everyone. Uh, if you could tell them where to find you as far as like, uh, socials or if you've got a personal site for anything else like that. Um, I don't know if you do like any kind of like fan releases or what have you. Uh, but, uh, feel free to share with everybody where they can find you for stuff like that.
1: So, yeah, I've got my Facebook author page I'm on Facebook just as me, just as David Geimer. Uh, Twitter as Warlord Geimer, because I made it when I was just after doing Queek, so it was kind of <laughs> seemed sensible <laughs> at the time to be a Warlord. Um, and yeah, I sometimes do, so I get author copies, and I sometimes get a huge stack and I don't know what else to do with them, and I will occasionally give them away, so yeah. If that's what you're after. You may occasionally find them on my socials.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, I'll be sure to include all of those links somewhere down below, uh, for anyone that, uh, wants to check that out. And, uh, thank you again so much for coming by. It was fantastic, uh, to get to chat with you, uh, and kind of, uh, listen to your thoughts on things. You've made many of my absolute, absolute favorite books, um, when it comes to, uh, Warhammer fantasy, uh, to say the least and Age of Sigmar, uh, of the Gotrek series is very near and dear to my heart the uh and then like quick head the quick taker novel thorgram novel um everything really everything that you've touched has just kind of been gold so just want to thank you so much for all of your your work and effort over the years
1: uh thanks for having me on like i said it's really nice to uh get out in the best commas and uh, <laughs> talk to people yeah. and yeah Real nice
0: let you out of the dungeon <laughs> Real
1: nice. Thing, uh, memory link because as i've forgotten all about frog and,
0: oh well we haven't <laughs> um well yeah thank you again so much and uh, thank you everyone for watching uh hope you all have a lovely sunday afternoon i've got to go do other things so uh we will see y'all again later thanks so much for watching bye